Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC 825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, this time of year, I barely know where to start. We've got NFL football. We've got baseball headed to the playoffs, college we, football. Wait, we talked before the show about where to start. I wasn't going to let the listeners So what, 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 what does that mean? What does it mean you don't know where to start? I got an idea. Let's start with football. You gonna let them in on the secrets before the show? How we prep? Is that yeah, what's going on? Yeah, there's here? the secret sauce that we actually have that we prepare before that we don't just go on the air and spout dumb stuff. We plan the yeah. dumb stuff we're yeah, gonna say yes, in advance. For people listening, we don't just like walk into the studio and say, "Hey, let's talk." No, nope, we're ready to play. Uh, so the Eagles were ready to play. It was a fun night in South Philly the other night. The link was rocking. Everybody from James Harden who got a football. Jeff, I know you you appreciated that. To Bryce Harper, to Bradley Cooper, were there to watch the Eagles beat the Vikings. I actually have a question about that football. So did James Harden keep the football, or was he like cool about it and hand it to a kid? No, he kept it. He got it signed by Darius Why? Slay after the game. Oh, come on. And Darius Slay said that he – I knew you were going to – I so knew that you were going to have that reaction when you found out that he didn't give it away to a little kid, that he kept it to himself and then got well, it wait, signed what was by your Darius reaction? Slay after. What was your reaction? Oh, it's really sweet that a millionaire I, gave another – I don't know. I really don't ask if Mike Trout gives it away. I'm, I'm not big on that. If the players want to give it to them, okay. It was like a fun moment. I understand where you're coming from. A kid would have enjoyed it. Well, so which was – the which of, of the celebrity moments, which is the bigger news, that Mike Trout – is giving tickets to Bryce Harper. The Bradley Cooper is there and they showed him every five seconds. The Phillies had or, a suite apparently the, during the game to see what it's like when the fans cheer at a game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or, when they, or when they come? Yes, for when they show up. And it's, it's so a, when we get to our Phillies portion of the show. Are you going to have, have me a, hyperventilate a, into a paper bag? <laughs> just remind me because we wanted this. This will be the big suspense for people is did Jeff put down his money for postseason tickets. Oh, I can answer that one now without well, even no, talking don't, don't, to you. Don't, don't, the suspense will be killing people. So, why, don't, well, why don't we get to the Eagles have just won the Super Bowl and get that over? Well, that was the day after talk. I mean, Jalen Hurts, nobody has any questions anymore about him. And look, he oh, the, looked, the parade is coming. He looked very good. 330 yards passing, one touchdown through the air, 57 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the ground. Eagles had 12 of the 15 longest plays in the game. Four Eagles MVP. had four Eagles had more receiving yards than Vic, than the Vikings leading receiver. They picked off the Vikings three times. Man, did Kirk Cousins see ghosts? <laughs> he looks so lost out there. What is, what is it about Kirk Cousins in Monday Night Football? This was one of my favorite stats of the night when Kirk Cousins, well other than that he was the Vikings leading rusher while they have Dalvin Cook on the roster and um, he's slow as Malone. Not known for his yeah. speed Kirk Cousins um when he threw to justin jefferson when he was covered by darius slay there was five targets jefferson made one catch slay made two <laughs> it, was, it was and sometimes it just looked like slay was reading the route on cousins now look let's be real there were a few why, big did, drops. The, why did the lions trade slay again why did the Lions trade Slay? Why did yeah. the Titans trade A.J. Brown at contracts? It makes no sense to me why some of these teams make the moves that they do, but I'll take it. I got no Darius, complaints. Dar is Darius Slay the best move the Eagles have made in two years? One of them, yeah. 
Uh, if he continues to play like that, I mean, he was playing against the star receiver in the NFL. I mean, Justin Jefferson is a star receiver and yeah. he just totally locked him down. And let's be honest. I mean, Jonathan Gannon brought more pressure than he has because this defense, when they're just in cover, when the quarterback has time to set and throw and get comfortable, they've been able to find some people out there. Now, if we're being honest, okay, we've gone through the Eagles well, going no, to the lie. Super Bowl. There were a few big drops from the Vikings that could have definitely changed things at different times. So while things did look great, there were some opportunities that were there that were missed by the Vikings. Uh, look, I'm not going to complain about the night. I did not expect them to look that good uh, in week two against the Vikings. I just didn't expect it. Now, look, week one against Detroit. You never expected, though. No, that's not true. You, I expected you, the close you game. You guard against I do guard. Yes. I do guard against being right. too so, comfortable. So you and will confident. never expect this, but the majority of people in Philadelphia not only think that they expect this, but they also have now have overreacted to this to the point that Jalen Hurts is now the leading MVP candidate as far as the city is concerned. I don't know what you're talking about. We never overreact to anything here in Come Philadelphia on. sports. No, we don't do that here. There is. We are very reason. measured is- fans. We do not go up too high or too down. We just enjoy the ride. Right. That's exactly uh, I'm what not. Doing. I'm not comparing him to this person in skill. I'm comparing the way people react to one good game and that how many people ran out and bought Kevin Cobb jerseys. Oh, there's still Kevin Cobb jerseys <laughs> out there. Okay. Oh, come on. When you're telling me the last time you went to an Eagles game, there were Kevin Cobb jerseys. I saw a Kevin Cobb there jersey three be. weeks ago. I'm, I swear there I turned be. I turned to who I was with and I was like, they really need to turn that in. <laughs> I I saw it. The one thing that was funny. Speaking of, it was number four, right? Players who, yes. Speaking of players, has who, anybody been number four since? Oh. They did. They didn't put tape over it. They didn't do that. They didn't do like the fake they, name. They, they were wearing, wearing Kevin Cobb four. And look, I, wow. jerseys are expensive. I'm not going to tell anybody to go buy a jersey if that's what you have for the Eagles. Cool. But uh, somebody else that they didn't know down at the stadium as well on Monday night. Did you see Britton Covey couldn't get into park? Did you no. see that story? No. Security did not recognize the Eagles punt returner. He was uh, he didn't have the correct parking pass since he was promoted from the practice squad earlier in the day. Oh, and the, oh wait, you're going to blame security for not I'm knowing not, the I'm not blaming security. It's actually an awesome story. The parking attendants <laughs> didn't recognize him, so he had to park a quarter mile away in the lot with the fans and walk through the tailgaters to the game. Here's the, here's the bigger question. Why do the Eagles players not have a pass? Well, they did. He was promoted from the practice squad earlier in the day, so it just wasn't the right pass. And actually, the pass that he used, he <laughs> was— only works on Monday through Thursday. The, like, like what, what, if you're on the practice squad, why do you not have a the, pass? The pass that he did have allowed him to not have to pay the $45 to park in the tailgating lot oh. where he had to park. So it worked out well for him in the end. Look, if, if we didn't have enough, like, back to the future, now we get to have the car. Carson Wentz talk this week with the Eagles playing the Commanders. Jeff, Look, uh, you know you I had my Wentz right. wagon shirt for many years. Do you Look, still have it? No, I don't. I, I gave it away. What did you away. do with it? I donated it. To, to who? To somebody who would need it because I wasn't going to wear it. It doesn't need to sit so, in my closet. So some other poor sucker is now wearing and getting abused for wearing a Wentz wagon shirt? Better than them not having a shirt. That was sort of my it, thought you know about what? it. it, it Just because be. you're heartless and can't see the good in giving away a shirt doesn't wait, mean that I have wait, to keep it in my de- closet. Depending on where this, whoever this person is that's got the shirt, it may be better to go shirtless. So far, you believe. Walk around Philadelphia 
wearing a Wentz wagon t-shirt. So far in the first eight minutes of the show, you believe the Kevin Cobb jersey person should be exiled and the person with my Wentz wagon shirt shouldn't be allowed in any room in the city. Anything else you'd prefer about clothing critiques today? No, I'm actually trying to help those people. I'm not exiling the people. I'm not, I'm telling them to wear different clothing. Okay. This is just apparel choices, okay? What are we going to see on Sunday? I think we're going to see a lot of fans in Washington. Uh, A lot of people There usually are. Yeah, it should be fun down there. And look, Carson Wentz played well here for a time. I I still don't believe that they win that Super Bowl. A short time. I still don't believe they win that Super Bowl without his contribution in that season. And no, so they they, maybe they don't get to that Super Bowl, but they they win the Super Bowl without him. Yes, but I don't think there, they you they don't win it if you don't get there. Right. And mm-hmm. so he played a role in the history of this franchise. It did not end well. He clearly had flaws. If you watch his game now, like if you watch the commanders play, it is the full Carson Wentz experience. He has some amazing throws, and then he gets sacked for a safety in the in the end zone at the same time. It just he, he had the same experience last year with with Indianapolis. It, it, he he does. He is who he is exactly. at this point in his career. It's this is not a guy who's been out of you know he's been out of college for two years. We now know what Carson Wentz is, and for whatever reason. He's not fixing the flaws that he has. Yeah, actually, you talk about how I never feel confident. I feel pretty good about the Eagles this weekend. The the, uh, commander's defense has been not very good, and their offensive line has been a sieve. The question is, when Carson Wentz ultimately makes some horrible mistake, or a gift if you're an Eagles fan, (laughs) mistake if you're a commander's fan, who on the Eagles is going to make a comment similar? Fletcher Cox. You know the comment I'm talking about with Jameis Winston, right? No, which one was that? Because there was a great comment from Bradbury about Slay after the game too. So tell me the Jameis Winston. No, there there was a comment last week that we knew we know he's ultimately going to make the mistake. We know who he is. I think it was about Jameis Winston. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It was during it was during the Buccaneers game. One of the Buccaneers. I think players. there's going to be. We know a, he's eventually going to give us something. And I did. I think there's going to be a lot of trash talking in this game. And then Wentz is not during one to game. shy. Yeah, Wentz is not one to shy away from talking. And if. The Eagles players get pressure on him. I, I'm sure that there will be a lot to say about it. It should be fun to watch. What's the line on this game? I had seen four. Um, that's too low. Right? Th- th- that's way too I-, I know it's in Washington. Washington, th- their fan base has kind of dwindled over the last few years. They're not that good. The Eagles are on a roll. They have almost everybody intact and healthy, unlike it seems like everybody else's quarterbacks are going down or getting hurt. There, there's no way that they should be less than seven and a half, eight point. Favorite. Yeah, it opened at four and a half on the twentieth. I'm not sure what it's moved to, but I mean that that's the you're playing on the road type thing. So you, they're basically saying it's seven and seven and a half point game. You think it's more than that? I I think that they'll look good in this game. They look good on Monday night. They they've got some things to clean up, but I just think Washington has lots of holes and lots of problems. So, you know, what what is their strength at this point? Their defense is not what we thought. They their were. wide receivers are actually their strength. Carson right. Wentz hasn't been the problem. He's thrown for 300 yards in their first two games each. It's, you know, they can't stop anybody. And, and what else do they do? Fumbles and interceptions, because that's what Carson right. does. Okay, well, so, you know, you can throw as many touchdowns as you want. If you continue to make errors, unforced errors, you're going to cost your team games. Uh, I will leave it there. I know, and we'll get to the Giants in a sec. But I know, Oh, but why? I know you didn't watch 
Thursday night football last uh, night. I know. Here and, it comes. and that's you why have, I didn't. Get your ratings thing? It's not even the ratings, it's mm. the sign ups. So obviously, you get the content so that people will come. It's $139 for an annual subscription to Prime. Before the game last Thursday night, which even you watched because you thought it was a good matchup, the game brought in more, more Prime signups over a three-hour period than any other day for Amazon, including Cyber Monday, Black Friday, and Prime Day. I would say that's a rather good investment for Amazon Prime now because you've got them for a yearly renewal of $139 for all those people who signed up unless they decide to cancel after football. No, Many of them no. won't. They'll start ordering from Prime. There's a reason that everybody goes to subscription models, and the reason is, is that people never cancel subscriptions. Yes. So, so it it's huge for them, and for Amazon, it's not just this. This is a loss leader for them. It, it, even even if they don't make money off of the NFL, every single person who's buying into uh, the Amazon Prime is now going to sit there and go shopping on Amazon and get all the stuff delivered, and it's going to work out great for them. It, it it's a great model for them. I still don't want to watch games on Amazon Prime because you Nor don't do I want to watch Thursday night football because you don't like different. streaming or like, why don't you want to watch it on Apple or Amazon Prime? I find the stream lags at times and there's delays. That's my well, issue. Just, with that, streaming. Th there is there's part of the reason and I'm older and I would like to just <laughs> turn on ESPN or even in my youth before ESPN, I'd like to turn on ABC, NBC or CBS or even Fox and just be able to watch TV. And I don't like the fact that that there are parts of this country that don't have Amazon Prime and don't have the additional money to do that. And I think they're being precluded from being able to watch these games. Jeff, can I give you a communications lesson real fast? Yeah, what? So I used to tell candidates that they don't print the question that they ask, only the answer you give. Justin mm -hmm. Fields needs to call his communications consultant in Chicago. The question asked that was not printed was, does it hurt more because of the Bears' history with their NFC North counterparts losing to the Packers? That was not printed. His answer was, yeah, it hurts more in the locker room than the Bears fans. At the end of the day, they aren't putting in any work. I see the guys in the locker room every day. I see how much work they put in. Coming out disappointing, this hurts. You cannot wait, wait, say wait. that you... First, first of all, he did try to clear it up. Days later, he there's did. A, there's a couple things I want to say here. Yes. Okay? First of all, it may have been a stupid statement, but you should expect that because of where he went to college. Okay. So oh, God. <laughs> I didn't even realize this was going to turn into an Ohio State shot. It, it, it's clearly an Ohio State thing, but I'm also now going to defend him and go, people have made way too big a deal out of this. They have. He, he, is not, he was not trying to insult the fans. He was asked a question. Yes, he didn't answer the question he asked. That's the Ohio Star part. But what he thought he was asked, asked and what he answered it's really not that bad. And if people want to attack somebody over that, you know, get over yourself. It's actually what he did afterwards that I wanted to turn it to and that I liked is that he turned the backlash he received into a teachable moment. He, he said, I talked to my dad about it. And as long as I'm going to be in this position, there's going to be stuff like that that pops up. So just knowing that as long as I'm in this position, that it's never going to go away. Just be really clear to everything that I'd be really descriptive of what I mean or really just don't say anything at all. Look, if they're young men in this case playing a sport that have microphones stuck in their face you're gonna learn i failed plenty when i had microphones stuck in my face i fail regularly talking to you with a microphone stuck in my face I we, we all do we all make mistakes and, and this was not a malicious mistake it wasn't intended clearly to 
to in any way offend any fan whatsoever. He was standing up for his teammates. That was it. No, I, I agree with you on that. But, but but I just, all week, that's all you heard was people complaining about what he said. And I'm just going, it must be a really slow week. It's a good soundbite to get people angry. It's mm-hmm. a player saying that the fans don't matter when you just cut it up and play the snippet. And it's that's, clickbait. It's clickbait. it is, it's everything mm-hmm. you hate about the way that the media is right now. Exactly. To, asking a question that you know will elicit an answer, taking that answer out of context without providing the question, and then running with the answer as if they're the worst person in the world. It literally yeah. is everything Jeff Cohen dislikes about the media. Well, that and interviewing anybody that went to Ohio State. On the field, Mike Evans suspended one game for an altercation with the Saints. Oh, oh, and by the way, here's another ridiculous clickbait thing. The whole conspiracy theory about Mike Evans being suspended because John Runyon's son plays for the Packers. Did you see John Runyon Jr. Oh, actually had to say something about that ridiculous well, he conspiracy ha- he theory? Well, something. he chose to. He shouldn't to. have had to say something. It, it's, it is absolutely ridiculous. If anybody saw what Mike Evans did, and by the way, this is the second time that he's done this one game suspension is minor he should have gotten more so to say that somehow john runyon senior is in the nfl office sitting there going oh he's playing my son's team next week i think i need to give the packers a leg up come on yeah that's not gonna happen uh the niners their season changed trey lance breaks his ankle jimmy g's now back at quarterback how about that jeff you know look you don't want anybody to get hurt no but when I saw that Trey Lance went down and Jimmy G was starting, I immediately thought the 49ers are a better team. In the long run, I think. They- and I think the 49ers, that's why they struggled to trade him, was because they weren't sure of Trey Lance. And I think they're still not sure. And now they're going to have a year that they're going to lose trying to figure it out. Well, it's not just a year. Remember, Trey Lance didn't play the last two years. His last year in college was during COVID and where was he at North Dakota state or wherever he was, they didn't even play. So he played no college football, his senior year. He played no professional football last year for the most part, because Jimmy G played. And now he's going to have another, it's going to be his fourth year before he plays football competitively for any length of time, as long as he's back next year. Yeah, it's really got to be so hard. It's really hard to do. And before we move off football, I'll ask you. Oh, no, we can't move off of football because Justin Herbert's another one. Well, okay, then I'll ask you your Giants take after that on your Giants. Oh, you were trying to move off of it before Giants. You didn't want to have Giants discussion at all. That's okay. But Justin Hurt, I mean, quarterbacks, quarterbacks are going down. They're getting beat up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And and you got to think that if somebody doesn't protect Joe Burrow at some point, he's going down next. Justin Herbert, you could see the pain with yes. every movement after that injury. You... Yeah, it's a rib injury. And they said that what I don't understand is they said he broke rib cartilage. Cracked rib cartilage. How do you crack cartilage? I don't know. We need you to can talk crack to a, a bone, but I thought you could. Okay. It's news to me. Well, let, let's hope he's okay, because I don't even know who the backup quarterback is for the Chargers this year. Chase Daniel. Is it really? It is. He came what, in. What happened to Clipboard Jesus? He's not there anymore? Uh, hold on. Let me go to the... He had been, he had been there for a while. What was it? Uh, Whitehurst. Uh-huh. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We don't really need to know. We don't really need to know that. If, Chase, the Charger, if it, Justin Herbert goes down, the Chargers have no shot. They can either go with Chase Daniel or Easton Stick. Oh, another North, he's another North Dakota guy, right? <laughs> they must like that North Dakota State team out there. All right, Jeff, uh, before we leave, uh, football, yeah. your Giants, 
two and oh are you buying in you believe her no they they beat they beat the panthers last week barely but we like matt rule he's a nice guy it was it was it was a fun game had a great time but it's the giants are the giants if the giants can finish nine and Nine and what is nine and seven or nine? <laughs> You're trying to figure out how many games uh, there are. Yeah, it's actually games uh, they have this year. It's nine, nine and eight. They play 17 games now. That, I would be really happy with that outcome. Okay, lowered expectations. But, but I don't. I, it's not. Wait for the Giants. That's not lowered expectations. That's raised. Expectations. <laughs> raised expectations. Nobody expected anything this year, but I think the Giants finally have a head coach, and so now they have to decide what they're going to do with the rest of the team. And they still have to decide whether or not Daniel Jones is, is a quarterback. quarterback. I'm not buying it. I actually think the giants would be, have a better chance if, Ty, if Tyrod Taylor would come in. Well, we'll see what they end up doing. Let's leave it there. Do you want to go to baseball or basketball? There's so much basketball news going on. Oh my God. Well, let's go, let's go to baseball. First. All right. Why? Well, you want to get my nerves up? It's a stressful time to be a Phillies fan right now, Jeff. Yeah, well, well, you know, you just had the high of the Eagles and they're going to win the Super Bowl and it's guaranteed at this point. Now we have the Phillies and the Phillies actually have a situation now where they've asked us season ticket holders uh, to buy into season ticket or playoff tickets, including the first round, which I'm not quite sure why, because right now the Phillies are in the sixth position. Even if they move to the fifth position, there are it's the best out of three and they get none. So they're not asking you to buy for the wild card round. They're asking you to buy for they'll win the wild card round and come back and play the next round. Is that what you're buying tickets for? Sure. Did I you buy, did you um, buy your tickets? No, I didn't. Come on, you're the optimist here of the two of us. I'm the pessimist that the sky is falling. What watching how the Phillies played this past week was confirmation. And this weekend they're going to be playing the Braves, and the Braves still have something to play for because they still have a chance to actually win the division. I don't know how the fill. I don't understand what they did the other night. I don't understand how Syndergaard came in to pitch two innings. Are they now moving him to the bullpen? Because if they're moving to the bullpen, who's now the fifth starter? Is it Eflin now? Like, what are they doing? That's what I don't understand. All of a sudden, I feel like Girardi's managing again. I'm not quite sure. And how did Dalton Guthrie come up here? Like, what? What it, it worked, and 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 by the way, kudos to our boy Matt Veerling on his five for five night the other night to end this disaster. But I don't, I don't really understand what the Phillies are doing other than scrambling at this point. Their saving grace has been that the Brewers have struggled, and yes. that's the reason that the Phillies are still in the position they are in the wild card race. It's not because of the ball that they've played on the field for sure. You know, you hear a lot about the September collapse. This is a team that. You know, they haven't played well in September for a few years. They're not mm-hmm. playing well now. I'm going to go down there tomorrow other, night. Other than your guy, JT. He has played very He's well. He's played great. I'm going to take uh, the boys down with Sarah tomorrow night to the game. We're mm-hmm. going to take Adam to his first game. So we'll see how long we last and how it goes and how many fans are in the stadium for that. Wait, you know who's pitching? If if Jason's going to a Phillies No, game, no, is he really pitching? Be, it, I think it's Bailey Falter. How did that work out that way? I think that you're following him now. I think you're that, you're right too because Gibson's going to pitch on Sunday. I think. Yeah, Nola's pitching tonight, Fr- Friday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I might be getting Bailey Falter. I think you're getting Bailey Falter. Oh, it's exciting. Just... You know what? That, that reminds me. Like, remember when the Phillies had the rotation that had it had Halliday and 
Oswald and Lee. You mean when they were on the cover as the five aces with Joe Blanton? Yeah. (laughs) But think about how spoiled we were back then because you had an 80% 80 chance of seeing like a really good pitcher. And then all of a sudden you get tickets and go down to the game and Joe Blanton would be pitching. Yep. (laughs) And and I get that with Bally Falter who has... Again, one of their better pitchers, surprisingly. I don't know why I have to keep saying it, but he has been. It's terrible. Because, because, it's, because he is serviceable and he's actually done a good job, but that's not ideally what you want. Now, no. if you get to the playoffs, Belly Falter is just going to the, I assume, is going to the bullpen. Um, but I don't know who the, th- which at this point, Phillies go to the playoffs. You know, you got Wheeler and Nola, assuming Wheeler's healthy. You're going to think I'm crazy. Either Suarez Ranger. or Falter. No, it's going to be Ranger. It's got to be Ranger. Either him or Falter. I would not have it be Gibson. I would not have it be Cindergard. So, like, those are your choices right now. It's not like you're going off the best options on the menu for that third pitcher right there if you need somebody. Mm -hmm. All right. I'll keep struggling watching the Phillies. I'll go down to the stadium and root for them. Ride that roller coaster, Jeff. Let's before we get to our interview with William Carranza, let's talk some basketball. Uh, last week when we spoke, I asked you if Robert Sarver would be able to survive this. And you said it depends on what the sponsors do. Mm-hmm. And right after that, PayPal. Wow, am I good or what? Right. I, look, when you're right, I'll give it to you. I'll criticize you plenty of times when you're wrong regularly don't worry um but paypal the sun's jersey sponsor said it would not continue its relationship if he remained in place uh we mentioned that another minority owner had said he had to go uh you saw nba stars uh lebron james chris paul draymond green nba nba players association director felt the league's punishment was too light sarver is now apparently putting the team up for sale one of the other owners came out and talked against him. Yeah, it was, it was a week of pressure, but it was, it was a lot quieter than the Donald Sterling pressure. It was seems to have been as successful. It was now I, I did enjoy Sarver trying to make himself the victim by saying that he thought that he would not be a distraction, but with the current unforgiving climate, Yes, that's clearly the current unforgiving climate that doesn't allow you to be a racist or sexist or do things that are racist or sexist. A very current unforgiving yeah. climate, Jeff. So, wait, he, he's concerned about intimidation. That was why he felt he couldn't he's stay. He thought that taking a year suspension would provide him the time to focus, make amends, and remove my personal controversy from the teams that I and so many fans love. No, he thought it would be an opportunity that we would all just forget about it and move on and he could continue to make his billions. Look, he's That's what he thought. going to make money. The team was valued at $1.8 billion by Forbes last year. It's looking like they may get around $3 million. You've seen names like... $3 know, billion. $3 billion. You've seen yeah. names like Jeff Bezos of people who talk about Amazon who mm-hmm. are interested in buying the Suns. So he's going to make money from it, but he will no longer be the owner. That's that's the right outcome. It is the right outcome. Mm-hmm. More controversy in basketball. Uh, Ime Udoka, Boston Celtics coach, may not be the Boston Celtics coach this season. It does not look like he's getting fired, but he's facing disciplinary action uh, that will include a significant suspension for his role in a consensual, intimate relationship with a woman who's a member of the franchise's staff. Surprising, Jeff. I, I didn't expect to see that one coming. <laughs> You know, I've I've heard over the last day or so, lots of complaints about the Celtics and that the Celtics somehow let this out. 
What do people expect the Celtics? I, I almost never defended the Celtics on anything, but what do they expect the Celtics to have done? Waited till the season started and find out that Udoko is not out on the sideline? Like, it, it, it's going to get out, and, and they need to be ahead of this because the, the key phrase I thought in their statement was that it was a consensual relationship. That doesn't mean it's right, people. It just means it's consensual. So there are other issues at play here, which is he has a high-ranking position in a company. I don't know who the person was that he had this consensual relationship with, but it's not right to have any relationship with somebody who is, has a lower rank than you do in a company because you don't know whether or not when you hit on them or talk to them in a certain way that they felt that they had to do something because they would lose their job otherwise. And that's what the problem is. But the Celtics have to get ahead of this so that they say to people, hey, we don't want people to think that it is something where there was non-consensual behavior. There was consensual behavior. It just wasn't right. And so they're entitled as a company, forget whether it's a sport, as a company to do what they need to do to make sure that the work environment for everybody that works there is fair and safe. And you wonder whether Brad Stevens comes out of the front office to come back on the bench. One of their assistant coaches left to go coach, uh, I believe, Utah. Um, Their other assistant coach, do they elevate him? We'll see what they end up doing. But that'll impact the East. They've had a bunch of injuries, too. So, you know, you could talk about it from a basketball side, but you talked about it from the side that mattered, the seriousness of the employment issue. Because we are a sports show and we talk about the impact on the court. But in terms of a culture inside a business and an organization, it's just not acceptable. Whether it's consensual or not, it's not acceptable. We just were talking about the Sun situation. You know, there was apparently a hostile work environment. So uh, right on top of that, the Celtics now have to deal with something like this. And we've seen what happened in Washington with with the commanders. You want to make sure that these organizations are on top of it. So I'm not going to blame the Celtics for getting out ahead of this, doing what they thought was right to make a safe work environment for everybody, and also being somewhat transparent of the situation with with the rest of society, because quite frankly, it's going to get out anyway. Did we think we were going to go through the the tr- camp and nobody was going to notice if well, he wasn't there. The question isn't whether it gets out; it's it's on whose terms it gets out. If the story's told without them putting it out, then they were hiding it, and the question becomes why were they hiding it? If they right. put it out, they found something that is disturbing that shouldn't have happened, but they were proactive as an organization. It is what you talk about regularly with sports leading from behind. This is not doesn't appear to be one of those situations. They found out about the situation, they're taking action, and they will move on from it. So that seems to be how you would want things to be handled. All right. Now can we talk about something that, as far as I'm concerned, he thought he was being transparent, but he was not being transparent. He couldn't have been more disingenuous. You mean to tell me that you didn't enjoy Ben Simmons' interview with J.J. Redick? Because I know that that's exactly where you're going without you even saying the man's name. Yeah, so why why don't you tell us all what, what... Ben Simmons decided he needed to say about Philadelphia. Well, he opened up. I, I was more interested. I'll let you talk about what he said about Philly. I was more interested in his why he didn't dunk against the Hawks game comment. He opened up on and, the and old, why is that? Uh, well, he opened up on the old man in the three podcast with JJ Redick, uh, and he, you know. He, 
he tries to be self-deprecating. Yeah, I'm going to pass it to Matisse. He's going to flush. Now we got to go make another play. And he goes, you're spinning into a jersey. It expletive looks terrible. When I look at it now, I'm like, man, I should have just punched that expletive. What does that mean? It's what a lot of fans said at the time. You should have just punched it down. No, you what just does the ball. spinning into a jersey mean? He spun into the player on the other team to then pass it off to Thibault rather than just going up for the dunk. I it's got 6-10. it. I don't understand why it's taken two years to hear this explanation. You uh, particularly enjoyed his comments about the city of Philadelphia, Jeff. Yeah, go ahead. Go to that one. I, I, I want to I hear you say this with a straight face. I have to find it. What did he say? Uh, Tell me. It, it was just baffling that he seems to think his time here was special. Like what part of Ben Simmons time here was special. He started out with a, an injury, correct? He did. And, and, and then he pouted his way through a couple seasons. He had a very good season, but at some point he should have decided I'm going to learn to shoot instead of just standing there and watching. And he chose not to do it. And the fans were special for a long time in being patient with him. So in that way, he's right. But at the end, if he's sitting there thinking that it was still special and that he has a relationship with Philadelphia sports fans, he really should not come back. He said Philly is obviously a sports city. And my experience playing there was incredible. Like for the most part, it was incredible. I had a great time. The fans are unbelievable. I still have an apartment there. So I do own some real estate. It's just unique. Really? Yeah, he has an apartment. He, that, he does. See, he he has a real estate investment. I, 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 I'm he also sorry. Had a really I left, big house. I left off the line of I do own some real estate in Philly. Still, I feel like I'm part of Philly. Still, you don't believe he should feel that way, Jeff? <laughs> if I were him, I, you know, there's there are tone deaf. I, I'm not going to say who, but I, I I once had a a client who was an NBA player who was not liked very much here, and and he called me one time and said he wanted to move back, and I said. Are you really that tone deaf? Like, I, I don't understand how athletes live in such sometimes an insulated environment that they don't see what's going on. Or, or either that or Ben is just delusional. I don't know what the answer is. But there are, there are just a handful of these guys that you just shake your head. Because most of them are out. Like, did you ever see Ben out doing anything? You know, it's funny community? you say that. I actually saw him food shopping at Whole Foods one time. No, no, that's not what I'm talking <laughs> about. Like, like, we all know what Tyrese Maxey does in this community, what Matisse does in the community, no. what Tobias does in the community, what Embiid does in the community. How many times did you see, I'm not saying he never did it, but did you ever see Ben Simmons making himself part of the community? No, like, what, that like wasn't who Ben was, about. though. I know, but that's what we talk about. Like, the reason we do what we do is because we want people to see the, the benefits and the way that most athletes are good and most athletes are out there helping their community and using their platform for good. Well, and look, and for, has Ben ever not done what's for Ben? And, and I mean, it's 2020 again, because we're talking about Ben Simmons and Carson Wentz in the same show for the criticism of Wentz. Wentz was out in the community. He did those things. Ben never did. Right. That, that wasn't who Ben was. So, so what fabric of this society does he think he's part of in Philadelphia other than he owns real estate? That's the I comment. Mean, that, see, that's the thing. Like the fact that you're so disconnected that your idea of connection with other humans is owning a square. Like 
that makes that shows you how disconnected he is because that's what he thought of when he was talking about how he still feels like he's part of I, I did enjoy when asked by Reddick if he thought his lack of shooting was magnified by the fans in Philly he said well people in Philly just want to have something to say about effing anything man like literally everything I post a picture of an effing car or a dog and I got reporters saying you should be in the effing gym come on man clearly loves the city totally Philly guy Jeff I felt the love there. The, the the comments in this interview are so contradictory. Like he got out the first scripted comment of I love the city and then JJ Reddick let him just keep talking. <laughs> well, so, see, but and that's the thing about it, because JJ Reddick is the antithesis of, of yes. Ben Simmons. I yes. mean, when JJ Reddick was here and in every team, every team he ever played for, he was part of the community. Like uh, it must have been killing him. I know he has a different role when he's doing this podcast and when he's doing some of the stuff he does with ESPN, but it must be killing him to not want to say to him, hey, Ben, can we talk for a second well, here? I will say, though, Reddick was critical of the Sixers. He said that Doc and Embiid threw him under the bus in that series. So he wasn't totally you know, on somebody's side or the other side. I don't know whether that was no, him being but, a podcaster, but he did make the comment that that Ben didn't say it, but he said, well, I'll say it for you, that they threw you under the bus, basically. Okay, so you, let's say let's say that's true. I don't, I don't believe it to be true, but there's a difference between being honest and transparent, which I thought Doc was about Ben's play. I don't think he threw him under the bus. I don't think he said... You know, this the only reason we lost this series is because of Ben. That's not what he said. But if if Doc would have said anything other than what he said after that series, people would have said, oh, he's just coddling him. And he should have. He should have. He should have coddled him? Yes. Because he should have because he should have known the player he was working with and he devalued oh, him on. the second they he said it. He tried it for a year. Okay, so you Doc knew isn't the, they had wait, already wait, hold tried. On. Hold on. Because because I was down at some of those practices. And, and watched how Brett Brown treated him. Brett Brown coddled him. Brett Brown and the organization set a tone where Ben got anything he wanted except when Joel wanted. And that was part of the problem is, is, is that the two of them couldn't coexist because they both wanted to be the alpha. Jeff. And the problem is, is that that's not, that's not the way the world works. And when Doc got here, he didn't coddle him. He tried to understand him. He tried to make it work with him. But you want him to, how long are you going to coddle I, him? I didn't, didn't want work. him to he coddle him. The, the question was, do you think that you can win with Ben as point guard? The answer should have been, we all have lots of work to do to win. That's not coddling him. That's not singling out your player because you know that he's going to have Wait, difficulties. Time, Wait, time you out. know that you, you, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know that you tried to trade him many times. You know who he is and what he is as a personality that he will take this personal and you still chose how many times do we get on coaches not for coddling but for taking the heat instead of their players you call it coddling there's plenty of times that coaches don't throw the players on the bus how many times did Andy Reid say I've got to do a better job hold on I asked you, should he have been coddled? And you said yes. Well, and that's why I said what I said. I don't so you want to go back and ch hold on. If you want to go back. I want to change my answer. Words. I don't believe that answering that question differently would have been coddling him. I believe that Doc had a responsibility at that moment in time to protect the value of his asset and shut his mouth and not answer the question. We talked about Justin Fields earlier saying something he shouldn't have. I don't think Doc was correct in what he said at that time. 
I just how don't much, think it was helpful. How much longer were they supposed to sit there and publicly defend Ben Simmons, who would not Un shoot a basketball? Until you trade him. Why would you devalue your asset? That's like you driving around a car they saying, didn't. boy, this is terrible, and then trying to sell it to somebody. They did not devalue the Wait, th there's a complete difference. If you're driving around your car, the person you sell it to probably doesn't know about your car. Anybody who followed basketball, especially every front office person, knew that Ben Simmons did not dunk a basketball when he's 6'10 and was right next to the basket. I, I don't want to be in the position of defending Ben Simmons here. Oh, I've are. criticized him enough. I'm just saying to look back at this story yeah, and not acknowledge, to look back at this story now and not acknowledge the role that the Sixers played in this from Brett Brown coddling to Doc trying not to coddle to the way they handled it. They do not get no blame in this situation. So in you, my so you, that's so it. You, so you think that no coach should come out and never say anything publicly? No, I didn't say that at all. I said okay, in that so moment, I did not find his response to be helpful to the team why? himself because it didn't change anything. It was irrelevant. It was a throwaway question. Can you win with this? The answer, no, I don't know. It, wasn't a, it was not a throwaway it question. It was. No, it wasn't because <laughs> the question had been asked for years and the answer was always the same and the result was always the so same. So if the answer so, was always on. the if same were, and the result were... was the same, why give the answer then when you never gave it before? We all knew the answer without Doc saying it. Wow. The only thing it did I, was crack you, his ego more. You, you can talk as loud as you want, but the fact is, is they tried something a certain way for a very long period of time. Hold on, you're, you're ready to blow. Uh, they tried it for a long period of time. They tried it your way. It didn't work. It came to a crescendo in the playoffs when Ben Simmons decided that he was so scared to, to go to a free throw line and shoot a free throw that he wouldn't try to dunk a basketball at 6'10". And at that point, we, they needed to do something else and there was no better time to do this because that was this was going to be the off season and if ben was ever going to wake up that was the moment he needed to wake up and from the second they left that court and left that press conference he should have been out there shooting free throws he should have been out there working on a shot and instead he continued to just do the same thing doc did not make it any worse he tried to make it better in a, in a way that was different than what had been done before. I don't think he needed to answer the question. We'll agree to disagree on that one. Let's leave it there. When we come back from break, we'll talk some union soccer with Julian Carranza. Stick with us. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Jeff, let's get to our soccer talk from the first place Philadelphia Union. It's great to welcome forward Julian Carranza to the show. Julian, thank you so much for giving us some time today. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> We're, we're, we're certainly glad to have you, and we're certainly glad to see that you are leading the first place union towards the uh, playoffs. And before we get to that, we want to talk to you a little bit about your background. You come from Argentina. Uh, you started with Banfield. What was it like to play for the senior squad in Banfield when you were still just a teenager? I mean, it was at the beginning kind of hard, not going to lie, because 
playing with people who has a lot of experience on football and soccer. And then they were like a couple of years apart uh, of me and they have more experience than me. So at the beginning, I'm not going to lie, it was, it was kind of hard, but I was enjoying it too. So yeah, that was my experience. And as a teenager, you got to play for national legend. I believe it's Hernan Crespo. What was it like to play for a legend? I mean, he was a striker too. So for me, it was was super good because he was giving me advices all the time. He was talking to me every single day, every single training. Uh, I learned a lot for, from him. So I was happy to have him like, a, like my coach. And then I was taking advance of every single thing that he could have taught me. So yeah, it was, it was something, something different. What was the adjustment like to come over to the States and start playing in the MLS with Miami at the time? I mean, at that time, uh, I thought it was a good decision to come to us to MLS to join Inter Miami in that that moment that year. Uh, I was excited for that. Okay, after my two years there, was they were not the best years of my career as a soccer player. So uh, I briefly uh, I learned from that. I learned from from that time that I had there. Uh, it wasn't yeah. the best, but with that, I learned and I appreciate a lot of. A lot of things in life so yeah so in terms of with miami you you got the first goal and two total in their new stadium and it was challenging but then you came here and you've had a fresh opportunity what's it been like to get to come to the union and play here in chester and and really get to excel the way it seemed like you thought you would all along i mean it was a really good change for me it was a good change of airs i needed to play i needed to have minutes uh, that that's what I wanted from the first time that it was difficult in Miami because when I arrived we couldn't play a lot because of COVID and after Gonzalo arrived in front of me and I couldn't I couldn't play a lot I couldn't uh, show that I was a good, a good player for this league and then now with the union with a lot of games a lot of uh, opportunities to play a lot of minutes I think that I showed that I could be a good player and then I can help the team too so that's a really good change of air well, in your first two years in Miami, you had 11 starts. In just this year, you've had at least 25 starts. What's it been like to to know that Coach Curtin has the confidence in you to put you in the starting lineup and just see you excel? I mean, yeah, it's it's good to see that my teammates trust me. He trusts me. All the staff, every single one here, trust on me and my capacity. So from the start, it was... From the start of the year, for the preseason, it was a, a really good, uh, <clears throat> really good thing. So, um, feel super comfortable here uh, with all that confidence that everyone gives me uh, every single day. So, uh, it's good to know that they trust me and they they put me to play every single game uh, as a starter. So. I try to do my best, you know. How much? How much have you learned from somebody like Coach Curtin? I mean, I think that you can always learn if you want. You can always uh, take things about the coaches. With Jim, uh, I took a lot of things every single day. It's something, something new to know, something new to learn. Uh, and yeah, that's what that's what we're doing. Uh, it's not just <clears throat> Philadelphia was always a good team, and he was always the coach. So. Uh, it's not just, I don't know how you say that in English, but casualidad, casuality, maybe you say that. There you go. Now you're somebody, yeah, you're somebody who's played before raucous crowds all over. Talk about what it's like playing the atmosphere in Subaru Park where you guys haven't lost a game this season. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible to play uh, to play there. I don't know if have have you been there? Oh, it's we love just, it there. It's the best. <laughs> there's a lot of people, a lot of young guys, uh, all uh, couples coming to to scream for us to give us a a chorus, you know, for for the games, and it, it feels super good. And then uh, you can see every single game there. It feels different when we have to play at home. Nobody can beat us because we are like all together. The stadium, like every single one is pushing for us. And then I talked with another players in another teams, Argentinian people. And they, they told me like, wow, it's really incredible how the fans are there. Like uh, they loved it. And of course, it's super tough to play in our field. And we make them feel that. Over, over the course of the season, it seems like you, Ore, and, and Gazdog have developed a really good rapport. Uh, and it's been a successful group. What's been the secret to the three of you kind of getting on the same page? And also, what's it, what was it like when, when Gazdog, who's the designated penalty kick taker, recently told you to take the penalty kick? I mean, with Daniel, we always had a good connection with Daniel and Mikel. And then... Uh, at that point when he got me the the, pen, the PK it was something like that we were, we were talking about it like because I, I also want to play the, I also want to to shoot the PKs and he was the one that the coach said that he should shoot it so we have been talking about it and I should like a couple penalties that couple penalties that he let me but yeah I mean our connection is still still good still uh, with we we're, we trust on each other so much and then we have a lot of confidence in pitching us so yeah that's good You've got two hat tricks this season. You've got some flair to your game with the bicycle kick that we saw that you score a goal on. Did you always have that flair in your game? I mean, what happened on that game, it was kind of crazy. Uh, it was good. I was super happy to score my first hat trick, my first bicycle goal. And then it was something special, uh, that game. So I enjoy it a lot. Did, did your teammates give you any type of hard time after you had that bicycle kick goal? No, they, they they didn't. They, I mean, a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. They were talking about it. They were talking about it for a week. <laughs> but but after that, after all, like everyone was happy. Everyone was just pushing forward for the next game, thinking about the next game, and that's our mentality. Uh, game by game, uh, we're always thinking about the next the next game, and then that's how and that's why we're on top of the East, and we're we are one of the best team in LS. If we're if we are not the best, and that and that's why we asked you about whether the te- your teammates were giving you a hard time. It seems like you guys all have a lot of fun together. Are you guys having in addition to the pressure of being in first place and 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 going towards this goal of a title are you guys having fun together i mean we show that every single game too like we're just playing having fun just playing with each other uh, it's not something that i mean you can tell when you see uh, a soccer team you can see if there is tension or not and you can see that in our team there is not everyone's having fun yeah basically everyone's having fun on the field everyone's enjoying the game and everyone wants to win that's the good thing because if we don't have a team that who wants to win it will be difficult to be at the top like, like we are now. You've also got a bunch of young guys out there playing with you. You have three players on the team that are part of MLS's 22 under 22 and Jack McGlynn, Leon Flock, and Paxton Aronson. Talk about the talent you get to see with some of the young guys in this system, both at practice and then on the field too. I mean, uh, as you can see, as you can see, there's a lot of young players that they play really well. Uh, they're super good. <laughs> they're super good young players, and then they show it when they play. They have to play in MLS professional. They they don't know. They're not kids anymore. They played like they were older, you know. Uh, but that, yeah, they have a lot of talent, a lot of capacity, and I hope that they can play more minutes and show the show the people that they're really good players. 
All right, before we let you go, we'd like to ask all of your teammates this who come from different areas. Um, have you had a cheesesteak since you've been here? To be honest, no, I didn't. We're going to have to send one over for you, Julian. We got to work yeah, on that. Please, everyone's saying this is the best, the I best thing that you have to try in Philly, but nobody took me there. Uh, and I'm kind of sad about it. All right. Well, if we if we come to your hometown, wh what's the dish that we have to try? If you come to my hometown, yep. I mean, if you go to Argentina, for sure, you have to try meat. You have to try dulce de leche. You have to try the croissant. There's really, really good. Uh, well, we're willing to bring you a cheesesteak if you want to help us with the Argentinian food. We're cool with that. <laughs> Sorry, what do you say? We're willing to bring you a cheesesteak and we, we'll try all of that food that you offered for us from Argentina as well. Okay, okay, let's do that. You, give me, you bring me the cheesecake, the cheesesteak, I'll bring you some Argentinian thing. Julian, thank you so much for the time. <laughs> we'll work on getting you that cheesesteak. Wish you guys the best of luck out there as you push towards the playoffs and you take care of yourself, okay, man? Thank you so much, guys. Thank, thank you for the support and thank you for the time. Jeff, what fun, we always get to talk to the union guys and you asked the question about how they get along as a team you can see how much they enjoy playing with each other you know every year we talk about how this team is built and the thing the thing that seems to come through is is exactly that how much they seem to enjoy playing together and how much that improves their game i mean you have veterans on this team like bedoya and elliot you have the young guys who have come up through the system and you have the guys that they got from other teams in other countries and somehow it all works and they all seem to be getting to get along together and you've watched they've gone from the beginning of the year when it was a struggle not necessarily with losses but with all these ties and now they're getting to the point where they're not just winning games they're destroying teams in a way that the mls isn't used to yeah and people seem to be taking notice we're coming down to the end of the season We'll see how they handle the little break that they have before the playoffs start, but it, it could be an exciting fall here to, if you watch soccer in the area. How nervous are you if they get a bye, though? I'm do concerned. You, do you want them to it, just keep playing? Yes, I do, and I, I almost was going to ask him about that. Now, last week, there were three weeks in between. This week, I think there will only be two weeks if they have the bye. Right. But, yeah, how do you stay sharp for a team that's clicking on all cylinders that then goes and take a takes a break? Obviously, they have the game tomorrow night and then they have their last game of the season but then we'll see what the matchup is who they have after that i'll tell you one thing they're going to put them all in a bubble probably once the playoffs start I'm, so we don't have the same disaster we had last year right i'm totally fine with that put everybody yeah. in a bubble that would not be good jeff we've got only about three minutes left on the show let's get to some college football Rutgers is still undefeated jeff uh, all right i'll keep going i did appreciate uh that you uh made sure to let me know that there were tickets not available in the Michigan section, but still in the Rutgers section of the stadium for when Rutgers plays Michigan in a few weeks. My people have, have jumped on all the tickets that were made allotted to them and sold those out. And we're now getting an additional allotment. So you can be assured that there'll be, be more people at the Rutgers football game this year. They just all will happen to be wearing maize and blue. Well, we do play Iowa this weekend. I think it's close to a sellout. It's Saturday night game, so they'll see how they play against them. Uh, who does Michigan play this week? Maryland, the Terps. Are you concerned about that game? I'm going to be there for that game, so that, that would be give you reason for concern. Because every time I seem to bring somebody new to a game, like the Appalachian State game 15, 16 years ago, we know how that went. Did but, you have this time? This time, I am not worried. About did you have flashbacks with Appalachian State winning on the Hail Mary last week in their game? Does that like make you have all the feels of the bad time? 
No, I just had the feels of the bad times because I was there. Yeah, you were and in the stadium was, for that. So it, it was it was it was one of the most surreal moments to take your your kid to his first college football game and to for to think it's going to be a blowout so he gets to sing the fight song and just have a good time and then to jo- and that team was good. That's the amazing part of it. And and people don't understand that program got built off of that game. Appalachian State is now a real college football team. They were before but they were a lower division. And, and people definitely paid attention after that in terms of what they did. Jeff, last minute, any thoughts on other games we're going to see this week? Are you watching with the conference realignment? We talked at the start of the show with Amazon getting the rights. Are you watching the Amazon potential bidding war that will now influence the conference shaping going I'm on not, here? Yeah, well, I'm not actually sure because there was a discussion of it about how Amazon could affect what the Big Ten does and whether the Big Ten will bring in additional schools and then Amazon would be able to get those bleed off games from the new schools. Because all of the teams that are currently there are spoken for. All but of those the, games are spoken but for. But the Pac-12, these other conferences, if they can get streaming packages with some of the, maybe it entices other teams to come to their divisions and you don't end up with these super conferences, I think is the uh, argument. Yeah, look, it's it's just so hard to pay attention now. Look, it's college football. We all love college football. It's just this gets in the way. And, all- you know, everybody wants certainty. Everybody's school is up for grabs now. And it's so frustrating to all of the alumni throughout the country and all these different schools. All I know is with the playoffs potentially expanding from four to 12 teams, the TV deals could be worth $2 billion. That's going to be it, Jeff. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.